0: This call is being recorded.
1: Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I am searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today Dr. Stephen Hall, MD, who is the author of The Seven Tools of Healing Unlock Your Inner Wisdom and Live the Life Your Soul Desires. Steve, are you there? I'm here, John. Thank you. Very good. Glad to have you. Uh, It's always good to get another uh, uh, doctor on board, uh, especially with what you do. And you are, I believe, uh, titled as an integrative doctor. So I knew you've been asked this question a thousand times, but I went to my dictionary and I'm going to read a definition there. Okay. Integrative medicine is healing oriented medicine that takes account of the whole person, including all aspects of lifestyle. It emphasizes the therapeutic relationship between practitioner and patient is informed by evidence and makes use of all appropriate therapies That was concise for me. Um, Do you have anything to to add to that one? (laughs) No, that sounds really good. That's uh,
0: definitely what we strive to do. And, you know, I come from the perspective that everything in our life, every aspect of our life exerts some sort of influence on our health. And so we really need a system of medicine that can take every aspect of our life into account. And um, I'm glad you went to the dictionary about integrated medicine because I went to the dictionary and looked up integrity. And um, cause I, I like the title of your uh, show. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, you know, there's a couple definitions. One is, you know, an adherence to a, a, a moral code, a, a standard of ethics.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but the other one is actually being whole, uh, mm-hmm. not, not being... Uh, fragmented and mm-hmm. and what's interesting to me is health and wholeness they those two words come from the same root and and health implies being whole and and that implies being integrated and living in integrity that it's like i don't think you can be healthy and not be living in integrity at the same time so, yes. so your search for integrity is also a search for health Absolutely. Yeah, it's that's really a,
1: cool. It's ongoing, I can tell you that. Um, yeah, it is. That's definitely a search, isn't it? <laughs> it's a <laughs> it practice, is. yeah. Well, you know, everybody says I've got integrity. They've got integrity. And I'll say, oh, okay, good. Where do you keep it? And then they start searching their pockets. Right. got a good, they have
0: got to hear somewhere. You've got a good credit rating. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, yeah. oh, I um uh, I looked over the information you sent, which is is well done. Uh, it is uh, your um, your your website gets an A plus. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's very well done, and uh, it has lots of opportunities for people to uh, to look further into what you do and how you do it, which I think would be is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, let me start a with the. Seven tools. What are the seven tools? Well, they're actually um, a set of skills that
0: you can practice. So, so for example, if you see a, an aspect of yourself and you try to force that aspect to change, like let's say you try to force yourself to not be angry or you force yourself to not be sad, what usually happens If, if you force get,
1: yourself,
0: yeah. If you try to force yourself to stop to not be angry,
1: for yeah, example, a, what whatever you whatever you're forcing for is not going to happen. Right. It Usually blows up in your face, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, exactly. But what happens? But what
0: happens when you practice a skill? Like let's say you practice golf or you practice shooting baskets, mm-hmm. basketball. You generally mm-hmm. get better, right? It takes practice. It takes practice, but you often improve. So, so when you practice a skill, you can get yourself to change. When you try to force yourself to change, you often get stuck. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of these seven tools of healing is, okay, if you practice these skills that improve your ability to heal, then you can just naturally heal better. Just like once you improve your skills at hitting the bullseye with the arrow, you can just hit the bullseye more, you know, um, and so that, so where these came from is uh, in my search for like well, what is it, what is healing. I first tried to answer that question early on in my career, and, uh, and that was not an easy a- question to answer, it turns out. Um, so I looked all over the, the healing traditions of all over the world and to see what they had to say about it. And um, and in that process, I started. I learned clinical hypnosis, and which is a way to help open the the door or raise the curtain between your conscious and your unconscious mind, for example. Mm-hmm. And and so we could go into people's unconscious minds and, and look around and say, okay, the unconscious, you're running the body, why are you making the body have this particular set of symptoms? You know, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes we get an answer. And what I noticed was that everybody has this deep wisdom inside of themselves. And, and that wisdom knows more about what that person needs than I do with all of my medical training. And, and so I started encouraging people to connect with their own wisdom and consult with it. And to, to know like, what's the best way to eat? What's the best exercise? What's the best career? Um, How should I respond in this relationship? You know, there's all these questions that we have to face every day in our life. And, and what I noticed was that people's inner wisdom kind of took over as their own inner personal health coach. And it started teaching them this set of skills.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: over the years, I started to see a pattern in what people's inner wisdom did to help them. And that's what the seven tools are. is basically the skills that I saw people starting to practice in order to heal their life. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's hard to try, try to put them in some kind of logical um, order and how they, but um, so the, do you want to run through the, the tools very quickly? Is that part of your question too? If you'd like to,
1: or some of yeah. the more important ones you like.
0: Yeah. So the first tool I call faith and I found that that word actually pushes a lot of people's buttons. Um, but I use it because that's kind of how, what the people's own their wisdom use the word and I think it gets misinterpreted a lot so so faith isn't what you believe it's actually how strongly you believe in what you believe and and then you can choose what to believe and and so I tell people well why not choose to believe the things that help you the most and and then you get to decide what those things are by you know what, what fits you and that that sort of thing so um but once you've a set of beliefs, then practice strengthening your belief in it. And that's what faith is. And um, and that's the foundation, I think, that everything else is built on. So I think of the first tool as this foundation. So then the second tool is awareness. You could also use mindfulness. It's, it's becoming aware of what's going on in this present moment for you. So I think I call it, you're becoming aware of your truth. And then the third tool is well, what do you do with what you become aware of? Well, what Peoples and Wisdom says is you have to accept it. You have to acknowledge. Yep, this is my truth. Resisting it, denying it, analyzing it, rationalizing it—none of that stuff helps. So you just have to acknowledge it. And then the fourth tool is what Peoples and Wisdom always says is well, just be kind to yourself about that. You know, give yourself a hug. Get off your back about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and And so I call that the kind the compassion or kindness and so I see those three tools uh, the awareness, the acceptance compassion as as sort of this engine of for change for interpersonal change mm-hmm. and and if you keep practicing those skills and bringing those skills to whatever you're going whatever's going on for you in this moment, like are you sitting here stuck in traffic are you really upset by something you just heard on the news. Are you sick and tired of being locked up with COVID? You know, how, however exactly. you're feeling, right? Sure. And and then just be kind to yourself about it. And, and I call that kindness the alchemist because it's what actually works to change. If, mm-hmm. if you get in and try to force it to change, it doesn't change. But the kindness does it. So your heart knows how to change things, basically, is what it boils down to. Right, and right. And then the fifth tool just happens when you bring enough compassion to enough parts of your truth, uh, forgiveness just makes sense. And, and again, I find there's misunderstanding about forgiveness in our society. It doesn't mean you condone. Like if somebody hurt you, forgiving them doesn't mean you condone what they did. Doesn't mean that what they did was okay. It just means that you've let it go. You're not, it's not hurting you anymore. And and so forgiveness is for you. It's not for whoever hurt you. It's it's for your own benefit.
1: From the from the forgiver.
0: Yeah, it's for your, and that's why why I think every world tradition teaches forgiveness, Mm is it's so important for healing. Otherwise, you just keep loading boulders into your backpack, and pretty soon you can't walk anywhere anymore. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You know, and um, and then the sixth tool is kind of interesting. I I call it um, gratitude. But have you ever had that? you know, you, you work through an issue and you sort of have that aha moment at the end, like, oh, that's what this is all about.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and, and it's, it's almost like you can pull the curtain aside and see how spirit is working behind the scenes and, and you just get this this kind of sense of awe washes over you. Mm-hmm. That's what I call that gratitude. And when somebody reaches that point, in their healing then i know they've gotten the healing that was intended from that experience so i've had people get that experience from having cancer from having aids from being in car accidents um you know getting autoimmune diseases and um and that's that's i use it kind of like the yardstick for when healing has happened and then the seventh tool i think is important for um your audience too because that's right action and when you look at the definition of integrity it implies that you act with integrity it implies an action right that that you speak with integrity that you treat other people with integrity Mm -hmm. um so that's what the seventh tool actually is is right action um how do you actually what, what do you actually do in the world to bring about the results that you want and and my thesis is if you act out of integrity you're likely to like the results a lot more than if you're acting out of fear or acting out of anger or any you other know, so many other things that can motivate our actions
1: correct correct So, so that's just a quick summary of the seven tools right? i think the um the uh, you know people today you've mentioned the uh, covid yeah, it's causing a lot of uncertainty, and yeah. it won't go away. We can't make it go away. We, it, we blow it away, and it, it comes back. And I underlined that particular statement. Um, people work effectively. Can they work effectively when there's uncertainty in their lives? Well, we're we're meeting the test now. Exactly. And, and uh, in that process, I just I scribbled some some items right here, right when I was reviewing this morning and I had a fairly lengthy period of time in my life that was extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. And I made a list here of how I got through it. And the first one was courage, strength, belief in oneself. There's the faith, mm-hmm. truth, mm-hmm. and and forgiveness. And mm-hmm. uh, even today I, I I found a place on the internet that I could order a shirt t-shirt that said forgive on it and on Sunday when I walk the dog I wear that t-shirt and I get a lot of waves (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do I do I do now that is great that's the key for me was that uh, I have to remind myself not to uh, you know it you can people can know this to build up a lot of anger and a lot of animus uh, that they don't realize how how much it's hurting Uh, Physically On the inside Um, Hurting them Well the Mm -hmm. The physical equivalent Of anger
0: Is inflammation And If you look at The rate of autoimmune diseases In our society right now It's just going through the roof Mm -hmm. And And I think that You're right There's so many people Living with pent up anger Um Pent up You know Frustration Disappointment Whatever And Um yeah, and it's bubbling. It's like whew, more than bubbling. It's really coming to the surface in our society. And and to me, when I'm working with an individual and a certain disease pops, pops up, to me, that's an invitation to heal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at what's going on in society right now with all this momentum to change. And I think, well, this is an invitation for our society to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, we really need to heal the roots of gender inequality. We need to heal the roots of racism, um, the the roots of protectionism, you know, isolationism. Just these, because when people do that on an individual level, they don't heal. You know, when they mm-hmm. take on those those aspects, and so our society can't be healthy with those things running in the undercurrent either, and right they've blown to the surface, which is an invitation to heal, which I, that's how I see it. And I just hope that we can do it, we, that we can pull it off.
1: You know, I've learned over my years that the, uh, uh, if you take grief and you take anger, um, I, I usually end up thinking, you know, those are, those are two words that are first cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just, they come together, they go together. It's, uh, part of you. And, you know, I had to recognize that. And once I was recognizing that, uh, I guess you were talking about awareness. You become aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Exactly. Uh, You know, 10 years ago when I started off with my own book, um, I took a look at uh, whatever else I wanted to see and I wanted to to do. And and I went to GoDaddy and bought a uh, Domain name and it's and, it, and I still have it. I haven't used it yet, but it's havingawareness.com. dot com. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and it's interesting. But mindfulness practices are really catching on in popularity, hmm. um, and and that's really important because what awareness does is it takes things from the not known and brings it over into the known, and and so awareness you can think of as well, that's how information moves between the unconscious and conscious parts of your mind. And um, But we're also, there's so much in the, about the environment that we're in, the world that we're in, that we're not aware of, too, um, generally, that can get better with practice. Mm-hmm. So, so you're on to something. I think you're on to, um, I've, I've seen the same thing where the anger and the and I, sadness. Often yes. Go together and some people put the anger on top and some people put the sadness on top But usually when you start digging into the sadness, there's anger at the bottom or if you start digging into the anger there's sadness at the bottom <laughs> mm-hmm. and and both have to be uh, Seen in their truth and, and healed in that way Yeah, as
1: I was reading um, I noticed that the uh, negative emotions will cause or can cause sickness and is it and i guess so here i go with my categorizing mind do certain emotions cause certain sicknesses um
0: they're probably linked i don't know about cause uh, because emotions or feelings are just the messenger in my my way of looking at things Mm -hmm. um so they're just like the ups person or the mail carrier um they're not the message they're not the package and and so it's not the mailman's fault what's in your mail right so so the feel the feeling that you're having is just bringing you information so so the feeling itself is not ever the problem the feeling is the result of some kind of sensory input or thought or, you know, coming through your, your own personal worldview. And what psychologists call your structure of interpretation. And then what comes out at the other end is your interpretation of it, how you feel about it.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: and so you can use the feeling, you can follow the feeling back to its roots. So, so rather than, Uh, You don't ever want to try to force the feeling to change or else then you get stuck in an arm wrestle with it again But if you can look the feeling right in the eye and acknowledge. Yep. I'm having this feeling Okay feeling I see you I feel you Can you just take me to your roots, please? You know, when did this feeling first form what what belief? spawned this feeling and and then once you uncover the belief which has usually been hanging out in the unconscious part of your mind Mm-hmm. Then you can look at that belief and say, "Well, what would my heart say about that belief? Is it really true from a higher or a spiritual perspective?" Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, just asking that question is enough to get the belief to shift. And so I see mm-hmm. the real problem as as we're we're holding limiting or false beliefs, and how our bodies responding biochemically, and how our minds responding emotionally are just results of that. They're, they're mm-hmm. the clues that we follow. So. So healing is kind of like doing a treasure hunt where you're given these clues and and what would happen if you're on this treasure hunt and you get a clue that says go three blocks east and two blocks north and look for a green light pole and you go, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go four blocks west and two blocks south and look for red fire hydrant. You know, I mean, what are the chances you're going to find the treasure?
1: If you keep altering (laughs) the clues, right? You're running all your chances zero. Right, but we do that with the
0: clues our body's given us all the time. Mm -hmm. We're we're constantly changing the clues. So the vast majority of our the things we do in medicine just shut the body up. They don't Mm -hmm. get us listening to the body. Right. Listening to and the body is just the spokesperson for that deep inner knowing as well. So. you really want to do is listen to that deep inner knowing right and and so go ahead sorry no I was just clearing
1: my throat Oh, okay but
0: yeah so that's how I see it is that and and we get hung up on feelings a lot in our society but trying to manage your feelings is what I call addiction and if you can really work in a healthy way with feelings which I spend a lot of time talking about that in my book what it means to be healthy with your feelings. And we're coming out with a class shortly. We've got all recorded. We're just doing the final, you know, production parts of it on how to teach your children to be healthy with their feelings. Because if kids can grow up automatically being healthy with their feelings, they can save themselves a lot of problems in their right. life.
1: Yeah. And... Once upon a time, I thought that there were two basic kinds of medicine. One was uh, allopathic, and the other was homeopathic. And the more I began to read about about what has, I guess, transpired, is now we've got uh, holistic, we've got uh, integrative, we've got functional. Um, it's um, you know. Let me back up a little bit. Where does homeopathic medicine fit within all this?
0: Well, technically homeopathic medicine is a a, a form of medicine developed by a guy named Hahnemann back in the 1800s. And he basically discovered that, or his, his idea was that um, a symptom is your body's attempt at trying to get back into balance once it's gotten out of balance. Mm -hmm. And so you do something that actually stimulates the symptom and it helps your body get back into balance better. Mm -hmm. So, but he also found that if you, like, let's say, you know, your fatigue is your body saying you need to sleep. And so, um, insomnia is, is that your body can't sleep, right? And that's what happens when you drink lots of coffee. So if you have insomnia, then you take homeopathic coffee in order to sleep. And but what he found is that people took coffee, they stayed awake longer and didn't actually help. So he discovered that if he uh, diluted it down in a very specific way, using what they call succussions, which we don't need to get into, but um, that actually worked better. So homeopathy is its own system of medicine. Uh, mm-hmm. You might be thinking naturopathy, like what naturopaths do, you know, with herbs and mm-hmm. and nutritional supplements and stuff like that um but you're right there are so many different ideas about healing and what causes disease and how to best respond to it and and I I did the same thing when I started surveying all around the world looking at all these things like um you know what does chinese medicine have to offer that conventional medicine doesn't include what does ayurvedic medicine have to offer uh what do the native american healing systems have to offer uh, so I searched out all those things and and I found a way to get them all to fit together in a cohesive framework because before it's been like trying to get water and oil to to mix and <laughs> and not gonna not gonna happen <laughs> no, not unless you keep agitating it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is what how but um. Have you come across Ken Wilber's work by any chance in your searching? No, I don't.
1: Ken don't Wilber, yeah, he's a,
0: he's a philosopher, and he, I think he'd love his work because he's come up with a roadmap for how to go from a newborn baby to a fully actualized human being by, again, integrating all these different practices from around the world. And he wrote a book years ago called The Marriage of Sense and Soul,
1: Or he was using
0: his ideas to try to come up with the way that science and spirituality could work together. Um, Because they're not mutually exclusive like so many people think they are. And I took those ideas and figured out how to get conventional medicine and alternative medicines to work together. And that's why I call what I do integral medicine.
1: Steve, we're at a point where I'm going to ask you. Where are all the places that people can find you on the internet? How do they? How can they find you? My private practice is
0: at just my website with my name. It's uh, www.stephenmhallmd.com, and and I can do um, telemedicine consults um, all over at this point. Um, and but I'm I'm physically situated in Issaquah, Washington. If you're ever out this way. Um, and then I have another website for the seven tools called theseventools.com, but it's the number seven, not spelled out. And and there, there's information on our classes. There's information. There's a lot of free uh, content to help you get started. Um, yeah, I really, um, you know, I've come to believe that these seven tools, if people could practice them, that they would really get unstuck. You know, I get so many people that come in here. They've been working on themselves for decades, and they're still dealing with the same issues. Right. And to me, that's sad. That just means that they've been um, working too superficially to get
1: to the real level that, of change. And uh, Steve, some, I want to. I want to, I'm sorry, but I have to thank you now for being our guest.
0: Um, well, John, thank you too for the work you're doing. I think it's
1: great. Well, I'm, I'm pressing on, uh, much like you. I, um, <laughs> I, think, uh, I thank you, my listeners, for tuning in and uh, enjoy, hopefully, searching for integrity. So long and happy trails to all.